So we're in Psalms. We're in the book of Psalms. And, um, and what we want to express about the book of Psalms is that it gives us a way to speak to God. It gives us permission. So as we read in there, sometimes we read things that people are saying that we're like, wow, I didn't know I could be that honest. I didn't know I could be that upfront with God. And so Psalms gives us that kind of permission to speak. But also, um, Alice last week did a good job of saying, you know, some of the Psalms are about, about uh, David when he's in war and people are trying to kill him, things that we've never experienced. But she said, you know what? You can repurpose those. You can take those um, uh, uh, adverse things that he was dealing with and say, I'm dealing with adverse things too. So even if someone's not trying to kill me, I, I still can pray to God to help me. And so that's what we're doing with the book of Psalms, uh, trying to help, help show you um, how we as teachers have used Psalms and how, how, how we all can be using Psalms to give us permission to speak to God and some words to say when we sometimes don't know what to say. So th- here's a little insight. I, I love giving you guys a little insight of the teaching team. Uh, one, the one way the teaching team works is way, uh, like once a year, we, uh, we say, here's all the things that we might want to teach next year. And then about once a quarter, we say, okay, here's the things that we are going to teach in this next quarter. And each teacher is, uh, uh, starts to think about what they're going to do. And then we get to this one meeting where it's the meeting where, as a teacher, you're supposed to tell exactly what you're going to talk about. And the meeting on the Psalms came, and I'm sitting in the room thinking, uh-oh, I haven't done my homework. It's the test. So they're going around the room, what are you going to say, what are you going to say? And it's to me, what are you going to say? And I don't know. I don't know. I'm not prepared. I'm sorry. The one thing I did know, this is what I knew. I was going to talk about the time in my life when I was unemployed for, for kind of an extended period of time. I was unemployed and the Psalms uh, helped me during that time. And I said, since I was making this up at the point, I said, you know what? There is this one Psalm in particular. I think it's Psalm 60. And it says that, that God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. And I told this really heartfelt and true story about how just days after I had been laid off, I was sitting on the big house lawn, you know, the big house over there. I was sitting on the big house lawn eating lunch. I can't fathom why I was doing that, but that's where I was. Praying to God, Psalm 60. You own the cattle on a thousand hills, and so I know that I can trust in you. I know that you have the resources that are needed for me to continue on. It was was touching. There might have been tears in people's eyes and stuff like that. Maybe there is in yours right now. Then I get home. And I'm like, okay, I better start working on this. I look up Psalm 60. It's not that at all. It's not, it's not even close to that. So I look up the cattle on a thousand hills. Oh, that's Psalm 50. I was close. But Psalm 50 has nothing whatever to do with God helping in time of need. It's this, it's this crazy. It's not crazy. It's a psalm. It's this psalm where God is kind of chastising us. He's saying, look, I don't need you. I've got the cattle on a thousand hills. What do I need you to give me cows for? What I want is for you guys to love me. That's what Psalm 50 is about. Not at all what I thought it was about. So I Google, what in the world am I thinking? That's my Google search. What was I thinking? It turns out it's a cheesy psalm from that was ri- or a cheesy song that was written in the 70s. Remember the 70s? How the, where there's a lot of cheesy songs going around. Uh, here's this song. The words are, he owns the cattle on a thousand hills, the wealth in every mine. He owns the rivers and rocks and hills and the sun and the stars that shine. Wonderful riches, more than tongue can tell. He's my father, so they're mine as well. Mm, I kind of doubt that theology. But 
He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. I know that he'll care for me. Oh, that's sweet. I must have learned that when I was a kid in, in my church in Cedar Rapids. And despite the fact that that didn't come from a psalm, it did help me. I just have to be honest. That helped me. Uh, but I want to tell you some other things that really were from psalms that also helped me during that time. So here's a little backing up. I'm, uh, um, the year is 2001, and I'm running a little office in Cedar Falls, downtown Cedar Falls, um, above what was the dressing room at the time, which I think now is the pump house maybe anyway downtown cedar falls i'm running this little office we have some employees down there Uh, the headquarters was in kentucky but we had a branch in minneapolis and my boss calls me and he says kurt are you at the office it's eight o'clock in the morning are you at the office yeah i'm at the office well could you come open the front door for me (laughs) no (laughs) why why are you at the front door just come open the door so i go down i had come in the back door so the front's still locked unlock the door. He's standing there with a cardboard box full of severance packages for everyone in the office. And standing next to him is an IT guy who's there to take all our computers, change the locks, get everything that's owned by the company. Not more than an hour and a half later, me and my friends standing on Main Street, (laughs) what do we do now? Just looking at each other. What in the world? It just happened like that. You know, no notice at all. We're just standing on Main Street, shocked. What's going to happen? So, hey, my wife just leaned over and says, it's kind of like now, right, at the church, like like Doug's, Doug's uh, announcements that he's just making. Boom! Things are now different. What do we do? What do we do? So, among other less helpful things that I did... <laughs> I looked into the Psalms. I looked for permission to speak. I looked for what should I say at this time. So the first thing you say at a time like that is help. Right? However you can express that. Help. One way I had got help from the Psalms was you own the cattle on a thousand hills. Turns out I was wrong about that, but it still helped me. Another way was Psalm 25, which Alice did a great job last week. I trust in you, Lord. I put my trust in you. Remember that? I put my trust in you. Don't let me be put to shame. No one who puts their hope in you is going to be put to shame. The very first words of Psalm 25. And then I want to look this morning at this psalm, another psalm that I, uh, that I found useful. Psalm 71. It has a really similar structure to Psalm 25. Psalm 71, 1. Listen, in these four verses in Psalm 71, how many different ways David tries to get at, help! That's what he's saying. I counted like 15 different little metaphors inside of this, these four verses. In you, Lord, I have taken refuge. Let me not be put to shame. In your righteousness, rescue me. Deliver me. Turn your ear to me. Save me. Can you, can you feel it? It's just, how else can I say this? Help. Be my rock. Be my refuge. To which I can always go. Give the command to save me. For you're my rock and my fortress. Deliver me from the hand of the wicked, from the grasp of those who are evil and cruel. 
help. And, and you can sit there for a while. You can read through Psalms and find many other places where, where the writers of Psalms are just trying to express in all kinds of different ways. God, help me. I don't know what's next. I don't know what's going to happen. You know what's going to happen. Rescue me. Be my refuge. And then somewhere I always go is, okay, Kurt, you and God have history together. You have been with God. God has been with you for all of your life. So, so I start to say to God, God, you've been with me since I was young, right? I can count, you're gonna keep being with me, right? And that's exactly the next place David goes in this Psalm, Psalm 71, in verse 5. For, after all those, help, 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 help. For, you have been my hope, sovereign Lord, my confidence since my youth. From birth, I have relied on you. You brought me forth from my mother's room. So before birth, I relied on you. And so I will ever praise you. You know, let's be honest. In this moment, David sounds kind of confident here. Confident here, like, you've been my hope. You're going to continue to be my hope. But let's be honest. In this moment, you're saying these words and hoping they're true. Right? You're saying them, but you're hoping they're true. Really what's behind it is, You've been faithful, and so you're going to be a faithful again, right? You're going to, right? It's going to happen again, just like it's happened before, right? You've been my hope, my confidence since my youth. So, so that's the next step I was, I was saying. God, be the same that you've been before. Now it's interesting, I think. The next thing in Psalm 71 is David gets to some bargaining. (laughs) You ever bargained with God? David gets to some bargaining here. And, and I, I, interestingly enough, had this same thought run through my mind. And, and again, give us permission to speak. The Psalms does a beautiful job of saying, here's maybe something you were thinking. David was thinking this. And here's the thought, here's the, uh, here's the bargain. it's almost shameful for me to tell you this, but this is what I was thinking. You don't want to look bad, do you, God? (laughs) I mean, people know I'm a Christian and, uh, you know, if I run out of money and have, and have, and, and everything goes wrong, you know, you might, you, you know, that might not look good. This is what David is saying too. Psalm 71, 7. I have become a sign to many. You are my strong refuge. My mouth is filled with your praise. I've been telling people all about how God was going to take care of me. I've been saying to people, you know what? We're not going to get killed by that army because God's going to take care of us. My mouth has been full of your praise and I've been declaring your splendor all day long. So, so, don't, don't do this. Don't cast me away when I'm old. Don't forsake me when my strength is gone. For my enemies will speak against me and they will say, look at this, this is awesome. God has forsaken him, pursue him and seize him for no one's there to rescue him. You don't want that, do you, God? You don't want my enemies to say, oh God, abandon him, let's go get him. So that's where I was next. 
A little, a little bargaining. God, you've been faithful since my youth. I've, I have declared you. I've been, I've been a teacher. I've been telling people my God is going to help me out. When we stood there on Main Street with our packets, one of the things I said was, I, I don't know what's going to happen, but I think God is going to help us. So you better, or you'll look bad. I know, it's, uh, I know. Now, time goes on. I was unemployed for, for a while. Time goes on. And one of the things you start realizing is, eventually, I will need to sleep. <laughs> eventually, I might need to stop thinking about this enough that I can calm down. Not only that, but eventually I might need to be able to do other tasks. Like just normal things. You know, like mow my lawn without forgetting about it because I'm worrying about it and just mowing into my neighbor's lawn. You know, eventually I'm going to need to be able to let this go in a way. So let's move over to Psalm 121. In Psalm 121, David's, it's him again. And David's saying, I think I can sleep. I think I can, because God's there. Uh, think about him. He is, he is in the military. He's writing this psalm as people are trying to kill him and attack him. And as, as you think it through, you think, it might be hard to sleep. Right? This thing, you, got, you picture in the, in the movies, like in 300 and stuff, you got these little tent cities, these guys are all in tents, and they have their armor sitting next to them and all that, and they take it off at, at night. But there's people out there who want to kill you. And so I would think, I've never been an ancient warrior, but I would think that it would be hard to get both eyes closed. Right? You would be like, what's going on? During this time, I had a doctor tell me, the anxiety, the physical anxiety of like a lion coming at you and trying to kill you is no different. Your body, your mind doesn't know the difference between that kind of anxiety, the kind of anxiety David was facing when someone's trying to kill him, and the anxiety that we face when we don't know what's next. When we don't know how we're going to move forward. When we don't know how we're going to pay the bills. Your body doesn't know the difference. Adrenaline kicks in. The fight or flight kicks in. And it's very hard to close your eyes. And so David said this during his time. And I needed to say this too. Psalm 121.1 I, I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let our foot slip. This is it. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over you will neither slumber nor sleep. This is the psalmist trying to convince himself, but also God through him saying, look, I got this. Close your eyes for a while. It's my turn. Seriously, I'll watch. And that, for me, was something I really needed to hear. I mean, I, I really remember hearing from God. I got this for a while. Tomorrow you can wake up and worry again. <laughs> but right now, I got this. I'm not going to sleep. I'll watch through the night. Now, the next words, I think, are kind of sweet. In, in Psalm 121. In Psalm 121, he goes on. Okay, God was never going to sleep. And then, and then David says, I, I believe that God is not only not going to sleep, but I think he, he likes me. 
I think he's watching out for me. I think he wants to actually take care of me. Psalm 121.5, the Lord watches over you. The Lord is the shade at your right hand. I just, there's something, the the Psalms are supposed to be poetry. They're supposed to uh, interact with our souls. For some reason, that line just really strikes me as sweet. The shade at your right hand, it's such a small and simple thing. I'm sitting there in the heat of the day. The sun is baking down on me and I feel some shade on my right hand. It's God saying, yeah, here's a little relief. The Lord is the shade at, the right, at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day, the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going, both now and forevermore. I think God really wants to take care of me. I think God really wants to provide for me. So those are some things that I, I learned. Um, there's one more in your bulletin, but... I'm not going to talk about that. We're, we're a little crunched for time this morning. But you can look it up. And it, uh, the huge, the briefest uh, of summary is, during these times, during these times, during the time where I was, and during the time where we as a church are, the psalmist says, Lord, in this time, keep me from sin. In this time, make sure I'm not tempted to sin. Because this is the time when we're weak and we're, and we're susceptible to that. In this time, keep me from sin. And so you can look that up. It's the, there's a reference in your bulletin. So, so this was a gloomy Gus Kurt this morning. I'm sorry. I, I, here's, how I'll, here's how I'll end it. That was 15 years ago. And now this morning I'm driving in just praising God for having been faithful in that time and how my life is not in that spot anymore. And even though that looked at the time like it could be pervasive and permanent as we learned in the leadership conference it wasn't right god and i came through it so i'm gonna pray heavenly father thank you for the gift that you gave us of the psalms this gift where we see people honestly and in in the raw bringing their feelings and their emotions to you. Where we see people like us just trying to think of more and more ways to say, help. Come by my side. Come to my rescue. Put up the command and save me. Do something. And where we see people who are working through that that point in our lives where we don't know what's next. And being honest with you about their feelings. Bargaining with you. But thank you for that gift. And I pray that we all as a community can take that gift and and use it. Times when, when we don't know what's next. Times when things look confusing to us. Times when it doesn't make sense that we can come to you and pray for help. And in times when you've brought us through that help, that we can come back to you and use the praises that are in the Psalms. Thank you. And now let us praise you. Amen.